massive demand for it. So those, a lot of them, they're doing like a, you'll have an office, uh -huh. and then you'll have a warehouse space. Right. But they'll do like a mini TI, so they'll give you like just the barrel of the front, because some people want a ton of warehouse space, some people don't want any. They want the whole thing built out. Right, So right, like right. a gymnastics place, they only want what, like a front desk? But then they want a ton of stuff for mats. Got it. Um, like a, a real estate guy, so for mine, ours is gonna be an office uh -huh. in the front, but I'm gonna have like a 50 person coaching place for my coaching business, oh. and we have 78 employees. Right, so right. when we bring people in, I mean, we have anywhere from 20 to 40 at a time. So you could use that as a dual space. Yeah, so we'll have like a desk, like a classroom setup. Yeah. So we'll have like a desk and chairs, and uh, you know, projector and monitor and all that stuff. Well, even inside Green Mango, that's what's so cool about mm -hmm. their spot too, is they yeah. have that middle area that's just put anything in there. It, it, well, you can just modify it so right. much. Like right. you can do 10 different things. Yeah. So it's nice, that's the, that's the nice part is that you can literally do whatever you want, but um, so that's what we're gonna do with ours. So I'll have like three different podcast rooms so I'll have one similar to this, like benches. So I'll have like two or four, or like four people at a time. I'll have my own office that I'll have my own one for my coaching stuff. So I have like this kind of a background. Yeah. And then I'll have like one with a table and just do one across from the other, and a two person. Yeah. And so depending on who's coming, like cool, we're gonna do this one, no, we're gonna do this one, we're gonna do this right. one. Right. Yeah. Do you ever plan on like leasing any of that space out for people to use for podcasts? Mm-hmm. That's gotta be big business right now, right? Or at least decent business. So it's it's not really about the business. It's but just it's about the content. Other people's content. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's the biggest thing is small business owners struggle so much because all they do is it's obscurity. Right. They don't know how to brand themselves. They don't know how to get attention. They don't know how to generate leads because no one knows what the hell they do or who they are. Or anything. Yeah, and they've just been they've been wearing every hat and just kind of grinding through it. For right. I mean, some of these guys have been doing it for I mean, like even like your pops, right? Forty years for forty years, dude. <laughs> and he's had you know signs and things, but like he's just had this you know. But half ass. I mean, it doesn't been. Right, 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 right. Yeah, but not like not full on branding where. Yeah. You know, like the flooring store or somewhere, mm -hmm. you know, that you just know the brand right off the top of your head. A guy like that should have that kind of recognition in the valley. Well, forty years. He's been this up for forty years. Well, here's another thing too. So not necessarily my dad. We give my dad an example. But the principle is still the same. Most, stereotype, most small business owners uh -huh. don't last 40 years, number one. For sure. But like at, at the end of 40 years, like my uncle's roofing company, my dad's company, like those companies are worth like half a million, maybe a million bucks. Right. So you work for 40 years and that's your payout? Right. I'm out. Like F that. Now they've lived a great life. They got some, sure. maybe they have some, you know, uh, some passive income or they got some rental properties or they got this or that, which is fine. But well, like. They 40 years worth of. But go to sell it. Right. Yeah, it's not worth anything. Like mine's worth triple or quadruple than both of theirs combined, right? Right. And well, I remember that years. too. Like even um, just when before you had even talked about getting into the roofing. Game. I mean, this was like years and years and years when you were first getting into roofing. Yeah. It was like, what would it take to even start one? And you know, the thought process was like, oh, it's millions of dollars, and you get and then you get behind the scenes and you're like, oh, bro, they weren't even they weren't doing anything. Yeah. And but yet they have a great business. Yeah. But it's it's crazy, dude. How much even like the how much is left on the table, right? Mm -hmm. Even the world that I come from, right? Like the physicians, like in the medical space, you have everybody assumes doctor tons of money. Yeah. Oh, doctor's got a boatload of dough, yeah. bro. Most of these family practice doctors that are running their own little deal, they didn't make it anything. Yeah. I mean, after you pay your student, and even the first five to ten years, like they're they they, they so my. Funny enough, you say that my brother-in-law owns a dental practice uh -huh. in Alaska. Okay. So he had you know three to four hundred k in student loans, right? 
have to have babies, did the whole entire thing, moved to Alaska, buys into a practice, smart, uh-huh. right? Instead of just yep. you know working for somebody, buys into a practice, takes on like almost another million dollars in debt to to buy it, to buy it, or yeah. be a part owner or whatever. Yeah. And so they're like, you're one one five. I'm like, dude, I was like, now he's he's making killer money, but he's also got to pay off, you know, one point five. Right, right. Well, uh, apart from the, interest before before he actually did. So he'll, he still takes home a decent amount, but there's just always that monthly fucking payment that comes in. Yeah, like, dude. Well, and what's the exit on that too? Like, I mean, unless you're building a massive practice, the because what happens is you're getting these, like especially in the medical space, like Banner's a good example. You have Banner coming in. And going to this these family practice, I mean, you've seen banner pop up everywhere, right? Sure, sure. See, and it happens. Everybody's forming these medical groups. So banner's a good example. Banner comes in and says, "Hey, Mr. Family Practice Doctor, you've been working for twenty years. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. have a hard time retaining employees. Um, you hate billing. You probably leave a couple hundred thousand dollars a year on billing because you have new employees coming in. Your charting's not great. This, that, and the other. Yeah. You only have X amount of time to be able to bill." Let us come in, take over your business. We'll pay you a salary plus a bonus. We'll handle all that. All you have to do, Mr. Doctor, is take care of patients. That's it. Yeah, and you make quarter million or whatever it is. Yeah, way more than. And you they're like, before. oh, I'm so in. Hundred percent. Oh. But what happens is you've you've lost the the great care that that guy gave because it was his practice and he was passionate about it. And when you do that, they lose control. Oh. So control. it becomes a corporatized thing where you you got to run run up the. That's the thing I can't deal with, like corporate stuff, like running it up the ladder up to the man, and like that dude up there makes the decision for somebody down here that's in the grind. Yep. Like I've never been okay with that. That's why like I'll never be able to work for somebody else ever right. again, because I can't let somebody up there be like, that's not approved. And I'm like, mother effer, if I if I were Mazza, it's going to be approved. They will be approved. Yeah. Yeah, and I think too, like what you've built in your culture is giving those guys opportunities to make those decisions. Certainly, there's things that need to be run up the flagpole in your organization totally, too. Totally. But if you empower your people to do what they what you know, give them the the tools they need to learn how to do those things. Right. They can make decisions, and you're not losing an opportunity because you had to run it up the flagpole and then have them tell you no or have them tell you do it a whole different way. It's like you know, right. you'd rather them be aggressive, make the decision, and then you know, deal it's, with the results. It's funny that you say that because so we have a little saying here. It's a uh, little sacrilegious, but we I try I try to change it. So it's W instead of WWJD, it's WWJVPD. Like what would Jason Bob Payne do? Instead of what would Jason do? It's what would Jason Bob Payne do? No, not yet. I should get one now. Yeah, let me let me go. WWJVPD, like this, that's and that's when lightning strikes my truck. Right? No, no, but that's but literally like that's it's not one of our core values, but it's like a it's like the eleventh commandment for us. It's like everybody knows. If I'm not here, if I'm out of town, if I'm on a podcast, if I'm coaching somebody. Or maybe I just have to pull up my kids. Right. And you need to make an executive decision quickly based off of X. What would I do? And depending on how dialed in your culture is and your core values are and how much time and energy and, uh, and training you put into your employees mm-hmm. to know what decision you make, if there's any gray area, that's poor leadership on your part. Or lack of clarity of the vision of where you want to go and what you want to do. So in order to flip that, I say, okay, so it's role playing is huge, right? right? So I just learned something the other day. I don't know. I don't know who to give credit to. I'm not going to take credit. Uh, it, was, it was a reel on Instagram, and they call it a one-three-one. Okay. And a one-three-one is somebody brings you a problem, uh-huh. right? An employee doesn't matter their leadership. Anyway, one-three-one. They bring you a problem. They have to bring you three possible solutions. Okay. Three. Like, hey, I got in a car accident. Cool. There's a problem. Okay. What are your three options? Well, we can. Well, an insurance claim, do it out of pocket, or 
you know, go sue this person or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. But so you make you make them think for themselves, which a lot of times we just want to. I'm going to go to Greenfield Junior High in a second here. Yeah. We we give them three <laughs> options. Okay. And then the one is they need to tell you what out of those three, which one they would pick and why. Because what happens is, going back to Greenville Junior High, yeah. so those that don't know, Jeremiah and I have known each other since, like, we're eight. Forever. Yeah, oh, yeah, because baseball. Where'd you go to elementary? Um, I went in Mesa, so I was over at Mendoza. Before you moved? Yeah, before I moved. Okay, okay. But I moved over to Gilbert in the summer between fifth and sixth grade, and that's when I started playing. So that's what, we're 12, 10 or, no, 10. So I went to, I went to Greenville and Sonoma. Yeah, so I went to, I sixth grade, I was at Finley Farms. Finley Farms, okay. Yeah. So I, we started, we met in basically seventh grade. But we played baseball high. at Gilbert American Before prior that. to junior high school. Oh, that's true. In fall ball. Yeah, yeah, Back in like, <laughs> the Eric Bell. Crossroads the Park, Eric, baby. Eric Bell was, dude. Oh, yeah. So anyways, so um, that being yeah, said, so, so in the cafeteria at Greenfield Junior High, I remember this, it's give a man a fish, eats for a day, teach a man a fish, eats for a lifetime. Right. And I feel like in uh, small business owners, what we suck at the most is we know the answer. And so instead of us teaching and coaching our, our team players, right, on our team or employees to literally think for themselves and think what they would do and what the best interest is of the client or whoever it is to come up with that solution then implement, we bypass all that and say, do that. Right. Why? It's easier. It's easier. Well, yeah, yeah. It's faster. You know you've already told them. If you told them the right answer, it's much less likely they're going to mess it up. Right. Because if they think for themselves, like, what if they're thinking the wrong thing? And what if they, like, why would you do that? Well, you told me to, like, think for myself, boss. It's like, holy shit. Yeah. Right? But then there's that next level of, like, the training and the culture and the core values that you keep pushing to them to where when a decision needs to be made and they have to make it, the, the, it's so parallel and so symmetrical of what it's doing that it's the best decision 98% of the time. Yeah, and I've always, like, one of the things that I always struggle with is taking, you know, just again, taking it on myself. Mm-hmm. So much so like, you know, kind of talking about my career in the sales space of on the medical side, we have tons of things that are broken on the back end, right? And here's what happens. Problem arises. I have a doctor beating down my door saying, what is going on? Mm-hmm. It's urgent. You're dealing with patients. So I get it fixed. I tell the person that made the mistake, Hey, this is why it's a mistake. Let's fix it. Move on. I don't escalate it beyond that. Right. Because number one, I don't want to spend my day, you know, training somebody. Right. But babysitting. Yeah. Totally. But then, I then I go to a meeting, and somebody says, "Hey, raise some complaints because we want to see where we can build our culture better." Blah blah blah. Sure. And I start voicing all these things that have happened, and they're like, "Well, how come we don't know about any of those?" I'm like, well, you know, I didn't run it up the flat. So then what happens is by not by not taking it and and escalating escalating it, it sure. it creates a culture problem. Yep. Because Animosity. Totally. Mm-hmm. And then totally. So it's, it's like this it's for me it's always this tough thing of like, okay, hey, you know, let's say customer service rep forgot to contact a patient. Right? What very small. Sure. Doctor calls me three weeks after we got the order. Mind you, this was supposed to be done in three days. It's three weeks later. Doctor says, Hey, What's going on with this patient's equipment? Oh, this should have been done, Doc. Let me figure it out. Find out the customer service rep dropped the ball, totally biffed it, right? I called Doctor back and say, hey, we totally biffed it. We're on it. We're getting them called today. Equipment's going to get to the home. 
patient's going to be taken care of. All is good. Doctor's thankful that we were honest about it. Yeah, owned it. Yeah, owned it. Great, right? Then I don't do anything with it from there because I just don't want to take it to their manager or whatever else. Mm -hmm. But then I can't fault that customer service rep for screwing up again or again or again. And that's been the biggest problem in our industry is all of these salespeople are so... um, they have so much, um, what do you, what's the word I'm looking for? Like ownership over their accounts. Mm-hmm. They don't want anybody internally talking to them because they can mess something up. Sure. And so they'll put all these problems on their shoulders and they don't grow mm. because they only have enough bandwidth to handle, you know, the minimum or the maximum orders that they have bandwidth for. Where me, I get to a point where I'm like, Hey, I like customer. I don't care. I'm not, my job is not to follow the patients. My job is to get orders to come in. Your job is to follow the patient. So I'm like the lame duck in our organization because I'm always telling everybody, hey, yeah, call my accounts, do that. That's what you get paid for. I get paid to bring it in the door. You get paid to do fulfillment. And when we get into these meetings though, everybody has all these things to complain about. I just kind of sit back because I've handled so many things on the front end Mm -hmm. that even my voice of complaining, because I haven't addressed it at that time, it just seems like complaining. It's not. There's nothing valuable that comes from it, but if I did a better job at escalating it and we could learn from it, right, then it changes the culture. And that's been the coolest thing for me to see with, like, I mean, I've seen, I remember, I remember the day I walked out of my house in, in Cottonwood Crossings, dude, and you were landscaping the park. Oh yeah, dude, TMC, baby. Dude, I'll never forget this, bro. Like, Jason's on like, Jason, Ready like, more. what up, dude? I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm getting ready to go on my mission, dude, and I'm learning Spanish before I go on my mission. I'm like, amazing, right? 2006, baby. Oh, bro, yeah. so long ago. So, But I look back on that, obviously, to what, what you've done now. And then, obviously, being very close to you through, you know, working for your uncle, and then the switch to grip then, and then the thought of maybe doing something with partners and then saying, to hell with it, I'm going to run with this thing. Totally. But it's been really cool to see, like, the true culture that you've built, dude. But because... It takes so much focus and and attention to, I mean, you have 78 employees? Mm-hmm. And you give that, at least it seems to me, that you give that same attention to everybody. And now, obviously, you have people in place that can take some of that off of you. Sure, sure. But the attention that you have to give to the people to, to trust them to take over those roles is crazy and you have 17 kids how many kids yeah, have five kids, five kids yeah. a wife a wife um you know family you know yeah. and, and consulting other, business consulting yeah. business yeah. and other partners and i mean it's um it's been cool to see dude and it's so funny i was talking to my pop was my i was over at my dad's this weekend i was like hey man you should um he's on instagram but he's like one of the creepy profiles without a picture you know uh, is that guy? yeah he just like likes my brothers because my brother's like yeah, yeah. you know whatever sure sure and uh and i was like dude you should really follow jason payne's journey he's like jason payne from from baseball jason i'm like yeah he goes he goes dude he was such a wild kid how could he's doing all that and i'm like yeah he goes where does he have time like dude he just figured it out and did it you know and and my dad's whole grief like his entire life he's done very well for himself as every every job he's ever had but he's never been able to like break that barrier of doing it on his own so he's you know he's he's you know has a ton of admiration for those people and I was like dude you should follow J-. and he just couldn't believe that <laughs> and I was like dude so I started showing him some of your videos and kind of where it's going and and um, man it's been it's just been cool to see the whole deal bro so that's that's the thing though so 
I, uh, so when I almost went to business with a guy named Connor and a guy named Lou, I... This was right, or during Griffin days, right? Yeah, as I was exiting Griffin uh, and getting ready to start State 48. And I already have a logo, I already had everything ready to rock and roll. Um, but I, it, it's funny because I was told, one, one of them said, hey, like, I want 50%. And I said, okay. And I even agreed to it. And he said, even then, he's like, you're just so cycle. You're all over the place. Yeah. He's like, I don't know if I can, like, go into business with somebody that's just like, he called me a Tasmanian devil. Which, to be fair. And I'm like, that's fairly accurate. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, but does, if the Tasmanian devil goes into a bank and freaking stirs up all the shit, yeah. makes, makes uh, Benjamins fall out, who right. really cares, right? Exactly. So that's that's kind of a, been my thing is, um, and I wanted to, one of the reasons why I brought you in here, one, because you have high school buddies, but 90% of them I personally don't keep in contact with. Same. I just don't. There's yeah. like three. Maybe. Same. I'm the same way. Yeah. And so... But it's something that I that I I wanted to bring up and talk about on the podcast with you was, and and I'll be very blunt. I thought I was the cool kid or the popular in school. This dude like upped me on the popular on the, on the popular on the popular spectrum. That's silly. Here's the crazy thing though. So I'm like, okay, so what what made the life is all about relationships. Mm-hmm. Business big time mm-hmm. is all about relationships. And it's just funny, I was literally walking in here like, dude, like Colby's little brother works for you. Yeah, yeah. So Colby, we dog, played baseball with us for 15 years. Yeah. Since we were like seven or eight years old, right? All the way through high school. And his little brother works for us now. But that contact literally came because of Taryn, who's married to Colby. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and so, Taryn, right? Yeah. Taryn, yeah. Yeah. And so it's just, it's crazy how... The way I see it, and Grant Cardone teaches this, he, he has two daughters, uh-huh. and he said, if they ever went to college, the only reason why I'd have them go to college, and it'd be a pristine college, would be for the relationships, not the experience. Like you're going to lose jack shit. You're going to learn yeah. jack shit. If but the relationships... Go, if you want to go be a doctor, be an accountant, if you have a, a definitive... Lawyer. Yeah, if you have a definitive career that you want to do, I think college is, is perfect for you. Luke Siebel did that. 100%, dude. Yeah. I, you know, Gangster funny, doctor. Oh, he's a beast, dude. And um, funny, I used to, when he was in his residency, I used to see him at Banner all the time. All right. Yeah, and Josh yeah. Niska. Niska, too. He's in yes. radiology, oncology, yeah. went to Harvard Med. I mean, Makes. The, yeah. Dave Diddy, those, yeah. those type yep. of guys. Yep. Like, uh-huh. Those kind of guys, like, I mean, it's kind of funny, dude. We had we had three or four guys that went to school that ended up Harvard Med. I mean, <laughs> just crazy, right? But um, I think that that person, dude, it's perfect for them. Because that person is so dedicated, they're gonna go, they are gonna do the schooling, they're gonna have some fun experiences, and they're gonna they're gonna find their career, and that's what they're gonna do. And and you know that, a guy like you, a guy like me, I mean, dude, I tried college at CGCCU, dude, Chandler Gilbert Community College University, oh, yeah. and I tried it for a semester, and I'm sitting there like, I don't want to have, way more than me, dude, <laughs> and, and I was just so, I felt so stupid. Because, not that I didn't understand what we were doing, but number one, I get done with school, the last thing I want to do is go study and go, like I have other things right. I want to do. Yeah. And then my attention span in school, because I'm not that interested, if it's a topic I'm interested in, all for it. You know, I'll sit there all day long and you know, I'm into it. But I just couldn't, I couldn't bring myself. So I come from no money, so I couldn't, I couldn't just go play in school. Right. But right. I wish right. I could have gone enough. for the experience, because I probably right. would have, gone to like U of A, joined a fraternity, 
all these like rich kids from California, dude, like those are good people to know. Yeah. And I told, I couldn't agree more. I think that if you don't know what you want to do, you can still go to college, but just go and meet as many people as you can, be friends. Dude, but that's sorry, to cut you off. No, no, no. That, that's that's what I'm trying to get at though. So with me, it's like the power of relationships. But I was doing this as a freshman and sophomore, junior in high school, mm -hmm. college. I didn't have a college. College wasn't a thing for me. Yeah. But like well, you got going, a better education doing what you did. Oh, totally. So my, my brother, love my brother to death. He actually owns the roofing company. Um, but he went to Utah State for four years, played lacrosse, uh -huh. and went to school. Well, he doesn't use any of his schooling as a, as a, as a business owner, as a roofing contractor. 0.0% .0 of what he learned there is he able to implement into Maybe his job. Maybe he learned how to use Excel. High five. Yeah. <laughs> and guess what? I pay somebody 50 grand a year right. and I have a system that doesn't fund Because I suck at Excel. Right, right, right. What do I want to? Right. So, but the other part is like, but, but that's four years that I was able to, and, and that's the thing is, don't burn bridges, mm -hmm. like, and build relationships. Like, anybody you come into contact with, build relationships with them, and and get to know them, and find out who their family is, and see how you can add value and help them, right? Mm -hmm. um, like, you refer, you refer me all the time just as a buddy, like, dude, like, Jason, but that thing is, you also got to, like, build something. You also got to, like, do something worth building, right? But, like, dude, I tell you all the time, I get referred at least once a week by somebody that I know from high school that I literally haven't seen since 2005. Yeah, well. It was 18 years ago, dude. No, I know. Well, when you said Alex the other day when you were golfing. Alex Glover. Dude. Yeah, my freaking roof is a I saw his picture and I'm like, I know exactly who that is, but I don't know who it is. Because it's been 20 years. Yeah, and you haven't seen him since high school. I haven't seen him. Ah! Well, and here, I was telling my wife this the other day. It's so interesting because we see these people, like, I mean, Gilbert's a tiny place, right? You go into a gas station, you're going to see somebody that you at least recognize. Yeah. And Facial recognition. 100%. And yeah. so my problem is, is like, because you see these people on social media all the time, it feels like you saw them yesterday. Yes. And so, like, Aaron Polanco was in town probably, this was probably six or seven years, maybe even longer than that now that I think about it. He's not in San Diego anymore, right? Isn't he? Nashville. He's in Nashville. Yeah, he yeah, an awesome weird. house in Nashville. He's in the South. But he, um, he came into town and he went and worked for Zach Miro back in the day. Yeah, yeah, And That is control. Yeah, yeah, over in California. And mm -hmm. so Aaron was like, hey, dude, come out to lunch with Zach and I. And I was like, oh, great, yeah, dude. Zach and I were homies. We're really good friends. I When I went to lunch, I ha didn't have any, you know, didn't register me. I haven't seen Zach in 10 years at that time. <laughs> but yet, I see him on social. I know yeah. his whole family. Yeah, yeah I, know, I know his wife, his whatever. Yeah. yeah, and I'm like, so when I see him, I start talking to him as if like we were homies. Like we just, yeah. but then I'm like, okay, you've had four kids since I saw you last, or you've bought 12 houses, or you've done this, you've done that. Yeah. So that's the other thing is it feels, it's super strange how we we are so connected to these people, but not connected at all. Right. And you feel like, I mean, all the time I'm like, oh, I got a buddy that does that. And then I'm like, let me reach out to him. And then I realize I haven't talked to this buddy in, 20 years, but I know he owns this business. So, but I follow on social media. Yeah. So, so let's. I want to roll with yeah. that too. So, yeah. That's the power of social media too. Like I said, extraordinary life. Um, not Zappello, Buffington. Mm -hmm. Who's the one? Who's the one that married Colby? Taryn. Taryn Buffington. Yeah. Isn't there a Taryn Zappello? There was two Taryns for sure. Okay. So, but she's the other one. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. She. Um. So we did her roof. She moved, she moved in downtown Gilbert, yeah. older home. I haven't seen her since 2005. Yeah. But she follows me on social media. Hey, Jason, hope you're doing well. You want to come to our roof? And I'm like, sure. Well, think about it, dude. That's 3,000. We went to school with 3,000 plus people. Yes. So that's 3,000 people right out of the gates that you just 
have a direct connection to. And I'm telling you, man, it's it's insane. Like Eric Navarro's parents yeah. worked on their house. Uh, some other base, some other kid that we played baseball with. His dad that lives in how, how often do you forget Sonoma Ranch? People, oh, dude. Yeah. Oh, it's so bad. Oh, yes. Yeah, so, you they remember play, you. You played so and so, and I'm like, yeah, totally, brother. Yeah, right. So I have to like, go back to like yearbooks or like stalk people on social media. But the power of social media is huge because you don't have to be physically like best friends with everybody. You can still follow their shit, support their shit, like their shit, refer them. Yeah. And you have to physically see them. Like I haven't seen you physically in a couple years. Probably. I'm trying to think of the last time I saw you. But we talk on the phone yeah, yeah. every, every yeah, few yeah. months, yeah, right? Yeah, for that sure. kind of stuff. Yeah. And so, but like that's and that's what it comes down to is the power of social media is is so powerful. Dude, I saw my life. It's at least six figures, if not seven figures in referrals strictly from high school. Nicole Bryan. Remember Nicole yeah. uh, and Greg Bryan? Uh -huh. So I sponsored their kids. So they play heat softball? Yeah. I sponsored their softball team. I just got a lead from them the other day. Uh, right? And like, I, and I worked on their dad's. Uh, Greg has a, a shop on Gilbert and Broadway or whatever it is. We worked on their shop. And same so thing. Like, it's... Well, not to mention how much connection oh. to like... In this area, I mean, how many friends did we have at that high school and that high school? And, oh, Highland. And, yeah, and Highland yeah. and Mesquite yep. and, you know, Mountain View or Red Mountain or, yeah. you know, when you play sports, like, you you know, you have summer baseball. So you're playing on this club team that plays with, you know, it's a mix of all these guys. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you have common things you, you like. So it's, oh, I can I can get a call to that guy. I mean, that that's what's it's fun. Dude. Like, and I don't I don't do a ton on social media and I probably should obviously be better at it. But what I, the question for me has always been like, what what happens if that disappears? Social media disappears. Yeah. Is there any? I mean, or what's the platform? I mean, because we saw a major change from Facebook, right? Like, you know, we were we're old enough to know. Like, I remember I was over. Remember Chase Siler? You remember Chase mm, Siler? We got in that bad car accident when we were kids. We were with uh, with Andrew Fish and those guys. No. It was with, um, yeah, it was our freshman year, like, anyway, um, really good skateboarder, had a terrible car accident, anyway, but um, Chase was, I remember being at his house, and remember Brian Mistro? Oh, yeah. totally. So, he did it Heidi. Yeah, oh my gosh, he did it. <laughs> Forever. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, so yeah. Mistro one time, dude, I was over at Chase Siler's house, and Mistro happened to be in town from college, and he's like, I'll never forget, he's like, oh, dude, you gotta see this thing called Facebook, and I was like, what is Facebook? And he's like, well, and I wasn't in college, so of course I didn't have a college uh, email address. Sure, sure. So he couldn't even sign up with Facebook without a college email yep, address. Yep. And so he's like, oh, dude, it like connects everybody in school. And he's like, we pick up chicks on here. And he's telling me this whole thing. I'm like, oh, it's amazing, right? So then. Replace MySpace. Yeah, replace MySpace. So then yep. Facebook comes. And then now it's like, you know, the kids, right, are, are like, if you're on Facebook, you're 60 and older. If you're right. on Instagram, now you're 28 to. 50 yeah. and then the rest is snapchat and TikTok and everything else yep. so like i guess right now it's like who cares about i mean i know a, a ton of people are generating business on TikTok and snapchat but like you know is it it has to be here to stay right some form of social media now well here's the thing so it's it's funny you bring that up in my opinion it's all about adaptation okay. so threads came up right, right. so half elon, elon elon bought on twitter the whole you know rebuild there yeah. And then and then threads rolls out and I know people are like I'm not getting on threads it's dumb. There was that uh what was it called the the house something house that was the it was like chats that you get on. Gosh dang. Anyways, case in point exactly we forgot what it was. Yeah. But 
social media in and of itself, I personally don't believe is not going to go away. It just might get better. Yeah. Or might or might get platform might change. Or... Yes, yeah, there might be a new Elon Musk coming out or Zuckerberg's two point type deal. But the but the way I see it is, it's the power of networking. And at the end of the day, what do we go back to? What do our parents do? Right. Knock on door, brick and mortars. Yeah. Right. Which still blows me away. We still do that. It blows me. Oh, I mean, we have to do it in the medical world. You, I mean, you're knocking doors and doctors' offices all sure. day long, but it blows me away, dude. How many businesses still survive today, 100% knocking doors? Yeah. And and you get on, and that's the crazy thing is you get on every app, like Nextdoor, for example, every day, dude. Oh, I, I just get on there just to laugh. It, like it's one of the my comments. It's hysterical, yeah. dude. But, Should be a comedy show. Oh, it's hysterical. And I have a buddy of mine, dude, that gets on there and he like raises hell Goes intentionally to, yeah. to be funny. Like he was, he had an argument on his about. What's better, a gas grill or a charcoal grill? And, huh. like, and everybody was like, nuts. oh, they went crazy. But it was just him being funny. But um, every day somebody's on there like, I can't believe this guy knocked on my door. You know, they're criminals and they're break, they're probably breaking in. And it's like, so you have that attitude in the marketplace. But you still have companies that are like, dude, we're doing it. Because that's only a small portion of the people that are loud, just like everything, right? These totally. loud people get through. Um, and it probably, I mean, I know it, it, it always made me a little nervous because I look at that and go, I don't want that encounter. I'm not that person. I don't want to go have somebody scream at me in my face and get off well, my property. And that's why I think social media is never going to go away because it is it, it, the Karens of the world. And there's a lot of us that maybe aren't as extreme as the Karen stereotype. Mm-hmm. But a lot of us will have confrontation. We'll be douchebags and we'll talk shit and we'll will even engage, like we'll engage the people from high school, but what if I had to go knock on X or Y or Z person's door or house from high school to go to the roof? Right. How many people be like, oh, yeah, I'm not doing that. Yeah. I'll send them a DM where right. I'll like their stuff or share their stuff or comment on their stuff. But like, you want to go knock on their door? Yeah. And you want to go knock on, on uh, oh, we're doing the Van Helsing's house, by the way. Which one? <laughs> Mom and Dad. Colby's oh. parents' house. Oh, are you? Well, we're, I think we did or we're trying to. Anyways, but like going and knocking on their door, like, hey, I'd love to do I live to take care of your roof. Yeah. Right? And so it's like, how many people would do that? Like, there's a whole different mindset. I think I would call it a, call it a scarcity or a fear-based mindset of people won't do that. Yeah. They won't do that. They'll, they'll stick to the... Because there's no engagement. And in the end of the day, with social media, there's no accountability. Right. Say what you want. What do they do? Kick you off, ban you for a week or two. Yeah. Right? But like, you go and knock on someone's door and you piss somebody off and you like talk shit about them. Shotgun, dog. That's what I'm saying. Like, fit, you know, five knuckles to the face. That's something like that, right? Me, yeah, and that's why it blows me away that um, because I think, and again, maybe it's just just being ignorant, and you feel like that's the majority. It's not the majority though. Mm-hmm. People still want people to knock on their doors, which is crazy. Like, it's insane. What I love about social media, though, Facebook and Instagram, is that you can break down that barrier before you knock on the door. Because instead of like cold, like just a cold, cold door knock, yeah. I, I'm following uh, Mike and Mike and Shauna Funk, oh, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, sending sends referrals all the time. She's awesome, likes my stuff. I like her yeah. stuff. I bought my golf cart from them. I just hit her up a couple weeks ago and bought a hat. And like, again, haven't talked to her in 20 years yeah. and saw a hat on her Instagram through Caddyshack. And yeah. I was like, hey, Done. can you do me a favor? Put that on hold. I'm going to come in and grab that. Yeah. Hey, Maya, how are you? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But it's like, it's so weird how you talk to these people as if, you, you don't talk to them like you haven't seen them in 20 years. Right. 
But that, that's that's the best part though. So I swear my life. So that's where the power of so James McCabe was just on here a month ago. Yeah, I've right? seen a couple clips. Same yeah. thing. And he, he total total G, love him to death. Uh, an introvert by fault, right? By default, that's his has his game just very chill and cool, cool. He was like that in high school too, just like yeah. straight, super good dude, right? Yeah. He's he's killing it in multifamily right now, like yeah. like gangster in multifamily. And I was talking with him, and he's like same thing. I haven't see, physically seen him. By running into him like a, a wedding during reception or something church related, or this or that, but then I haven't seen him for years. But I'm like, dude, but he's been following my stuff. I'm following his stuff over and over and over again. But what happens on social media is you can build so much credibility and rapport with somebody without ever seeing them. Right. But when they need your services, you are not not a guy. You are the guy. The guy. Yeah. Like the 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 level of credibility and power to be referred by somebody on social media with me. If they've been following me. I've been on social media since 2010. Right. Like I've been looking. I joined Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, gangs through the past five years. Yeah, as you say, probably four or five years of you just. Yeah. Like, I'm doing you're getting for four and Griffin for so at least five and probably two or three years before that. So about eight years. Yeah. Out of fourteen, but still the first five or six I was just doing it just to do it. But like, but the past four or five years and like going hard in the paint with it to where people I have people referring me that have never used my services. That I haven't seen since 2005. Yeah. But they've seen my stuff on social media, and I've built so much credibility and trust and rapport online. And they feel like when they refer you, that they're they know what they're getting. Yes. Without, but I've never I've never, never touched the roof. Yeah. Like you're, you're sending your case in point with you. Jason's the only dude that will let touch my roof. He's fucking gangster. He's pop 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 pop. But guess what? I've never touched your roof. Right. No, I know. I've never fixed you. Would like you're the guy. Oh, I did. Your, I did your parents' house. I did your mom's house. Oh, that was Nick's house. Cook? Cook. Oh, yeah, Nick's yeah. House. yeah, yeah. Was I was like, was it mine? Who's your mom? No, 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 but you, mom, you guys lived in Conwood. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 So I did, I did Nick's, Nick's mom's, mom's house. house. Dude, yeah, I haven't funny. seen Nick. Bro, he's one of my best pals, and I ran into him at the mall. Is he married to Crystal? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they got two little kiddos. And yeah, dude, I haven't seen, like, I've seen Nick's mom more than I've seen Nick. But because... So Nick was my assistant coach for five years at Gilbert. Okay. And outside of that, like, zero communication. Like, he just... And every once in a while, like I'll send him a funny text. It reminds me of him, whatever. Yeah. And um, but he's always been like that. He's always like super. I mean, introverted yeah. dude. Like, yeah. He Oof. just wants his, you know, wants to help chill with his family and whatever else. But, right. Um, but yeah, that's what I think is. That's what I think is cool. But the other part too that um, I think is really neat is, I could tell, I could confidently refer a customer to you, and say, hey, don't call them today. Just follow Jason on Instagram for a week. And then see if you want to call them. Because yeah. I know that in a week, if somebody's a little wishy-washy and they're not sure, like, I mean, dude, how many times do you give somebody's number out and you know that person's never going to call and they're just like, oh, yeah, I'll take your referral, whatever. Yeah. But you can also do a unique thing and say, hey, you know, call Jason, but better yet, don't call him yet. Follow his Instagram account for a week. Because I know in one week, if they follow your Instagram, they are going to get more information <laughs> than they could ever they're want. Like, okay. But... I could do they, my own roof. But they're probably yeah. gonna buy a book. They're probably, you know, they're probably looking out the, the weather report to see like, yo, dude, are we gonna get a crazy monsoon today? Yeah. I mean Here's a guide to prepare for monsoon. That's what I'm saying, dude. Yeah. They're getting they're getting everything they could possibly want and then some. Right. And then they can confidently call you themselves and it doesn't even feel like I push them as they feel like they're making that decision to do business right. with you. Which I think is, you know, 
Awesome. So that, that's the power of it, though. So if you stay on it, that, that's why, going back to James and Kate, yeah. I got on James, I'm like, James, like, you have so much value in that brain of yours. That zero you, presence on social. And zero presence yeah. on social. And it, it goes to the Suns game, goes and plays golf at Augusta or whatever, right? Yeah. And, it, and, and that's, his, that's his thing. But I told him, like, dude, if you can get more active on social media, and it, not even, like, monetary, not, don't even monetize it, just yeah. put it out there. When somebody has a deal for multifamily or wants to throw down on something, mm-hmm. they can think of you. Right now, they don't think of you. And you'll never get the opportunity. What if it's a dude that needs to invest, like, hey, I gotta get rid of half a mil before the end of the year, because, or I'm gonna get destroyed on taxes, yeah. right? And be like, oh, cool, I can do it here, here, here. Like, is James one of those, right. right? And so that's the power of social media, is that you can, when people know who you are and what you do, it, it gives you an opportunity to transact with them. At the end of the day, what am I trying to do? I'm trying to help people. I wrote that book, why? Because I wanna help small business owners scale. Right. Why did I start my own roofing company? Because I because roofing contractors suck, right? And we are so shady. We do such shitty work that I believe that we can do great work and give a great reputation with a great product with a great warranty. And I can give you know seventy five plus people a place to call home and where they can grow and become the best version of themselves and work on and become you know reach their true potential by working by maybe being an introvert or an entrepreneur. Sorry, yeah. working in the business and not on the business. Right. Well, so. I think I think too. Um, you know the one thing that I that really stands out to me is I remember because like my whole thing dude is I don't I mean I like to like post my daughter on right. social media every once in a while even that I get weirded out sometimes but um, I I remember this was years ago you had posted something like don't be embarrassed because the people that are annoyed of your content or want to make fun of your content those aren't clients those aren't people that are going to call you for business nope. so and I still like don't have the, the guts to do it yet. But um, you know, fear of being judged. Though, but those people aren't doing anything to better you. Yeah, they're not trying to transact with you anyway. So who cares? Who, so who yeah. cares, right? Totally. And and I look at even my brother's. You know, well, I know our alarm went off, but even sure. my brother's Instagram, who's just a, a goof on social media. Sure. If you go back to his original videos, dude, they were so stupid. And my brother, believe it or not, is a very introverted person. Yes. Not very public at all. Good old But then he he created this character for Instagram that he can kind of hide behind the character. And and then he can do whatever he wants. He'll, I mean, I don't know if you've seen any of his videos, but they're insane, dude. Like the things. And then even so so much so that when people meet him. Creativity is just next level. When people meet him and they're like. They're almost disappointed because he's not the butsy dude. You know what I'm saying? Right, but right. he got it through his head instead of, like, even if you're judging me, you're not judging me. You're judging this character that I put on social media. Right, right. But in your case, it's like, who cares? Because that person isn't going to transact so, with you. So last thing. So yeah. Michael Radcliffe. Remember that name? Michael Radcliffe. I know the name for sure. Don, Donna. It was the mom that passed out the cookies in the spirit store. Oh, Yes, dude. Michael Radcliffe. Let me say something about his mom. She I did her move. Dude, she... Diane. Diane, thank you. Dude, she knows about, like, kind of the financial background that I come from. And she bought me a snowboard jacket when we were in high school. And I don't even know if anybody knows this, dude. But she came to me one day, because I was getting ready to go snowboarding. And I, I think I might have asked to, like, borrow a jacket or something. And she showed, she bought me not only the jacket, like the jacket that I wanted, like, cause I worked in the spirit store one hour a day oh, with her. And oh, like, and it wasn't like I was like big asking for it or any, I mean, she, you were talking about, 
Yeah, and I don't know her. Like, what a sweet lady. That's amazing. Yeah. How great. That just brought back. I totally yeah. forgot. She lives on Lizzie Guadalupe. So her son, Michael Radcliffe, does loans. Oh, cool. Morris guy. And yeah, kills yeah, it. Yeah. And same thing. He told me that story because he actually joined our program. He's on our, in our community or Facebook yeah. stuff and whatnot. And I was talking to him one on one. He's like, oh, yeah. He's like, all my buddies think you're, he's like, they all talk shit about you. And I'm like, I was like, first of all, I don't care. I was yeah. like, tell me. Someone doesn't like me. High five. Tell me something I don't know. Yeah, big Number one. Yeah. Number two, I was like, and I said, what do you think that? He's like, dude, they're all intimidated by you. He's like, they see you. They're like, yeah, he's everywhere. He's, a, he's so annoying on social media. And he's like, yeah, your attention. Right? Yeah, you're talking. And you're still watching his shit. And you're talking about it. <laughs> and you're talking about well, it. And even if they're watching. You know, he has like four or five buddies. And even then, he's like, you know, outgrown all of them. He's like, half of them are deadbeats and just doing stupid shit or, you know, in rehab or. Yeah, sleeping with her, you know, other wives and other shit like that, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. But then he's like, but, <laughs> it's, but then, it's it's seriously he mentioned that, and he's like, yeah, he's like, yeah, some of those dudes like they just don't like you because you're just all over the place on social media, and I'm like, well, I got their attention at least, you know. Right. But I was like, they're, talking about they're not gonna buy from me anyways. No, that's, that's what Greg Cardone talks about. He's like, all your family and stuff like don't talk to you, no, you don't like, quit sending me emails, quit promoting this, quit promoting that. Bro, you ain't gonna buy it anyways. It's right. not for you. Yeah. Like unsubscribe, we'll hit you back up later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will get you on the rebound. Anyway, yeah, so we gotta cool. do this again, man. Absolutely. So Jeremiah Butler, one of my good buddies from uh, from good old Tiger Pride days, Greenfield Junior High days, Guild American, you name it, man. I will Summer, say Summer one Ball. thing, dude. Going back to last thing in sales. Okay. I'll never forget, dude. In seventh grade, Weeples. Weeples. Okay. Do you remember when we had to go door to door selling magazines? Yes. Okay. So. What the hell was a weeple? It was those little stupid fuzzy balls with faces oh, on them, and that's yes. what we got. And number one seller of magazines in seventh grade was me. Number two? Me. JVP. Dude, <laughs> dude how, how about. How, so okay, freaking since, weeks, okay last one. How about this, right? Yeah. How about uh, when we bought. I went and my dad helped me. I went and bought Folkleys from Rocky Point. The red ones, dude. Yes. I bought 20 pairs of Oakleys for $5 a piece. My dad gave me 100 bucks, And I said, hey, my first 100 bucks, I'll pay you back. And I went back and sold all all of them for $20 a piece. Everybody wanted them frames, dude. Always. Had to have them. Yeah, it was the coolest thing. They're all Folkleys. And literally, the O's like scratched off or there's not an O on the side. It would stick to your face. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Put, like peel it off and like the yellow's coming off. And uh, that was my entrepreneurial game from, from day one, was literally bought them for five bucks a piece, about 20 of them, brought them back, sold them to all the baseball buddies at 20 bucks a pop, made 15, after paying my dad back. So good, dude. And uh, yeah, made whatever, what, 350 bucks? Which at, was in seventh grade. a million bucks. Back. In seventh grade. Yeah, all. So. Dude. All right, guys, you listen to the Sexy Business Status Podcast with my boy, uh, Jeremiah Butler. Dude, thanks for being on the Thank you, man. Banana phone.